Hey, fellow traveler, welcome to the Third Eye Awakening podcast, a show where we talk all about spiritual and psychic awakening, magic, the shift from 3D to 5D, starseeds, ascension, multiple timelines, multiple dimensions, the universe, the multiverse, the Akashic records, all the good things. I am your host, Amy Belair, and I'm so glad to have you here with me today. Okay, let's do this. Oh, hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Third Eye Awakening. I am pumped to have this guest with me today because she's been in my world for at least, well, I feel like it's been two years. And we worked together in 2021. And she's just super fucking cool, badass woman um, with very interesting things to share. So this is um, the beautiful Trisha Bene. Is Bene the way that you pronounce your last name? I, I should have checked with you before we started oh. recording. It's, it's Benny, but it doesn't matter. Okay, well, I'm going to say Bene, and it makes you sound like super, you know, fancy and European. Trisha Bene, uh, Trisha Benny. Um, she is a light and shadow badass who's here to help with the awakening of new souls through compassion with a multi- multifaceted vision of who we are. A spiritual sponge whose awakening started when she was 17, mother to a galactic catalyst that pushed her into her full realization of her awakening in 2020. And she's a certified energy healer, level one crystal healer, manifestation guide, self-proclaimed know-it-all who knows a little bit about a lot of stuff. And also Trisha is just super amazing. She holds a lot of capacity for like duality and non-judgment. And she's just very... Um, real about her journey, or she has been with me within our private containers anyway. And you might, some of you might recognize her from um, Soul Space fame. Welcome, Trisha. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I mentioned this to Amy, but I'm going to say it on the podcast now. Um, I've literally been manifesting this moment since I list, started listening to her about two years ago. So I'm super, super excited. Like, I literally am a nobody, just so everyone knows that. <laughs> I started with nothing, not knowing anything and literally just fed into this and just, this is where I'm at now. So, and it's quite uh, the journey. So yeah, I'm so excited to be. I'm so excited to have you. And I also want to say like, these are some of my favorite conversations. And there's a reason that I have people on who would call themselves air quote, nobodies, because like I get bombarded. It actually kind of irritates me. I get bombarded with, um, people requesting to be on my podcast, but they're not, no, they're like people who, you know, want to promote their book or their whatever. They want to get their work out to a different audience. And I, I appreciate because I'm the same, like I have the same conundrum. How do I reach more people? So I understand, but I also am like, oh, there are a million podcasts that talk to established healers or established whatever, where they're at a point where they have a pretty bow wrapped around their you know, spiritual awakening journey, but I love hearing from people who are just like boots on the ground, living it out in their everyday life. Because I mean, all of you just bring like huge mic drops every time. So thank you. (laughs) I'm going to share your mic drop moments. No pressure. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure I have quite a few. (laughs) Will you, will you, um, start by telling us your spiritual awakening journey? Um, you said that it started when you were 17 and I know that your daughter plays a role in there too. Uh, Yeah, she's pretty wild. Um, 
So, yeah, I want to say I've kind of always known my whole life that something didn't feel right. But I want to say when I was 17, I had this moment of realization in my car and I was sitting there and I, it was like right when I first started driving, because I didn't start driving until I was 17. And I looked down at my hands and I just look at them and I, I was saying to myself, these are not my hands. Like, these aren't my hands. What do I do with that? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know how, how I know, but these are not my hands. I've just always felt like I was looking through a lens of like my, like my life, but it never really felt like my life. Um, but it wasn't until much later, I want to say much later, um, when I conceived my daughter that my spiritual awakening actually kind of really kicked in, but I always had this weird feeling of like, something is off, like something I I couldn't put my finger on it, but I always had like in high school, like in my early twenties, I went through these feelings of like, not like, I just remember crying in my room and being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to do it. And I just recently found out something that I'll bring up later, which correlates to that. And it it makes a lot of sense. But when I was, uh, so when I conceived my daughter in, um, I was 30, she's, uh, 2015. Um, uh, just so everyone knows I'm a single parent. Her father is not involved at all. Never has been. I strictly believe that he was, um, brought in just for us to come into the world, like her to come here. And I think at that point I had a walk-in soul situation. Um, I had a vision the night that I conceived her and I, I don't know how to, (laughs) I've listened to so many podcasts about this and I'm like, did I, did I have like a near death experience Did I like, and did I, I don't, I don't know what it was like, what did he like drug me? Like, I don't understand. Um, but I had a vision. Don't, I can't, I had some time loss as well. Um, but I just remember it was almost like, I know you've seen the OA for anyone that's seen the OA when she kind of dies and goes to like that starry kind of place. It looked like that, but I just remember there were these, it looked like a pin of like silver light coming down the middle. And then there were these two bright neon pink lights swirling around each other. And I felt the most, I don't even think I ever told you this story. And I felt the most intense love that I've ever felt in my life. And I was like, I, I was just in that moment. I don't know how long it lasted. And, and now it seems like mere seconds, but I just remember thinking, oh my God, like this is, I don't want to leave here. Like I want to stay here forever. And then I woke up and I had originally thought for a long time that this was like an ego death of like me moving into my, like new role and like awakening, but I just learned about spirit walk-ins or soul walk-ins not too long ago. And I'm really resonating with like, maybe that was us walking in. Um, I, I really don't have clarity on the vision, but it was something that like shook me to my core because ever since then I've never been the same. And it's like, I I've gone through years of trying to figure out what this vision was. And it really kind of set the premise. Um, moving forward. And after that, I was in, like, I went, it it was rough. Like I, it was rough, like being a single parent, like going through everything from conception all the way to labor. And I had my best friend and my mom there with me, but it's not the same as having a partner 
going through that. Um, so it was like, yeah, it was really rough and, but you know, it made me stronger and it, it really built boundaries. And after that, like you really change, I've always been super self-aware, but it conceptually changes how you look at the world, how you look at yourself. And it really builds, builds boundaries for sure. Now that's not to say I haven't made mistakes since then, because (laughs) yeah, (laughs) let's just say that. Um, but that makes sense with like my human design, which I'll get into then a little bit, but, um, yeah. And it's just ever since then, it's, it's just been this barrage of like stuff. And then I want to say 2020, the end of 2020, I was in a really toxic relationship with someone for two years. And I had to make the decision to end this cycle that I was going through with men. And it didn't come out until after that, you know, um, when I really realized it was an ending of a cycle, like I needed to complete this karmic cycle to move forward in my awakening. And after I did that, I had my first tower reading, like, I want to say right as I was deciding to end it. And the woman said to me, she's like, okay, I'm going to ask you these two questions. One, do you know you have gifts? And two, why aren't you using them? And at that moment, I was like, okay, this entire time I've known that I, I have a sense of knowing. And now, now that was like my light bulb, like, okay, now I have permission to do it. So then mm-hmm. since then, it's just, I, I, I soak up anything I can. And uh, discernment has been a big lesson for me recently. And I'd say within the last year, and I've like listening to Amy doing a bunch of your master classes. light codes of money was huge for me. Um, to break through. It was really huge. I'm not going to lie. Like if anyone is having money, like trauma conditioning around money, I, ever since I watched that, it took about six months, but I have not worried about money since. And it's been fine. Yeah. For real. (laughs) So you guys can't see me, but I've like got victory arms in the air. I'm like, yes, (laughs) seriously. It's uh, it is pretty, once you let the universe kind of take an active role in your healing and your awakening, you you really don't need to try so hard. And that's like, it took me years to learn that. So I'm firsthand account of it working, but so that's kind of like what happened. And then, um, yeah. And so then Amy and I worked together. I, I consider it a mentorship. Um, we did a month together an Akashic month together, and we talked a lot about my daughter um, my first actual acoustic reading was with Heather. Um, and it was like, yes, she was great. And that's when she actually told me that the two lights coming in were my daughter and I, and I was like, yes. And it hasn't been till recently when I'm actually looked back and now I'm thinking like, was that a walk-in situation? Like, did I actually swap out souls? Cause there's, and I told you this, there's parts of my childhood that I don't remember. Yeah. Like I have, I have no memory of it. Like, I don't have any emotion attached to it. And it's just like, I don't know. It just seems like blank space. So I'm really, I'm really considering it. I'm, I'm looking more into it, but I, I really think it's a walk-in situation here. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember too, there was that puzzling piece where I am a different reader. It might've been Christopher, but we both were getting, picking up the same information about like um, a mother, like, it seemed like it was your mother and it wasn't like super traumatizing. It was just sort of like a vibe, a scenario. And you're like, 
no, I mean, that's not, that's not how it went, but, um, you both got that. And like, we really couldn't account for it. And I was like, I don't know, like, is it just a different, like a parallel timeline or something like that? But yeah, maybe if you were, um, if you experienced a walk-in, like it's possible that that is a, an Akashic piece of information for like the previous soul that was hanging out in your body. Yeah. You. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild because now it's like, oh my God, there's so many more people. Like it never ends. The search never ends. (laughs) Right. Literally. Um, Yeah. So, and then, yeah, that kind of like brings it up to kind of where I've been. I want to say, cause I've, I was really active in soul space for a while and now I've kind of been on the sidelines and it's just kind of like, I think once you get so far in your journey, you kind of, you stop listening to other people and you kind of go in and listen, start listening to yourself and what feels right for you. And you pick up information along the way. Um, like one big thing that I was going to reference in this. And then I just listened to the angelic and dragon podcast not too long ago. And the story of the 12, because when you first, I first heard that when you did one of the master classes and it resonated so strongly with me and I'm like, dude, I'm definitely one of them. And I have, and the reason I think so, and I, I also referenced the fallen one is the one that fell because we know that I can hold extremely heavy energies, like dark energies. Mm-hmm. And I think... I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there because I'm gonna I'm gonna own it. Um, I think it's because I was either I don't think I was the one that fell, but I think I was the partner, and I think that mm. because I chose to go down, and now it's my job to clean it up on the ground level with the energies, and um and i i say that because i it's recently come to me and this has been something my entire life but i can bring out people's shadows i don't mean to but i'll talk to somebody for 20 minutes and be like you're avoiding that you need to work on it like it's just something that's now all of a sudden starting to really come out and i'm like oh god people are going to hate me like they don't want to hear that <laughs> and i'm like they really need to be ready to hear this like, oh man. So, and that also, one of the things that I've really started to fall in love with, like I've worked with a bunch of people, like I worked with you. I did work with Christopher, Christopher, the astro medium, wonderful human being. Um, I worked with him twice. And, um, I, I also am, I was looking into working with someone in human design. It, it just didn't, it fell through. But, um, one correlation that I love to make right now is the correlation between someone's astrology chart and their human design chart you can tell so much about like at their human life versus like spiritually where they're supposed to go. And like, that's one thing right now that I'm really putting two and two together. Like I'm a projector in human design. So I'm literally meant to come here and guide people, but I can't guide them until they're ready to hear what I have to say. Otherwise it comes off. Like I have to wait for the invitation. I have to wait. And it's really funny because we, we had talked about doing a podcast back I don't know in like October I think with the entity stuff and I was like I'm not ready I'm not ready Mm -hmm. and then it kind of fell out and I'm like okay it wasn't time yet wasn't ready and I knew it would just be a a matter of time till it came back around when it was time it was ready because I think there's certain things that I have to say that a lot of people are not ready to hear and um 
it's like, I'm almost nervous for this to come out because I'm like, I don't want to offend people. But at the same time, like I'm very queen of swords from the tarot. Like I don't, I don't sugarcoat. It just, you know what I mean? And like, but I do love that piece of like human design can tell you so much. I'm also a one, three line. If people know what that is, I'm an investigator martyr. Like I'm lit, I'm literally like the light dark of of like the human design lines. Like, it's like, oh, I want to do all this investigation and not say anything. But on the other hand, I'm just going to say it and like say, eh, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like how much <laughs> can you get? <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's really crazy. So that's kind of what I've been into. Um, like I have little notes here. I'm just checking, but that's kind of like what I've been into. And we planned on doing this podcast. Like you've reached out to me and this is another fun fact from peace. You reached out to me in the beginning of February and I specifically picked this date because tomorrow in astrology, Pluto moves into Aquarius, which always means that it's a major like transformation in society. And I thought I was intuitively drawn to this date. So there's a reason for that. But Oh my gosh, the astrology this month. I, I mean, I don't even know because I'm not an astrologer and I, I just like, sometimes I kind of look into it and then I'm like, for me, it's just easier to just feel it and describe it without trying to understand it through the lens of astrology. But I'm always curious about it because we just moved into Aries season, but I feel like, I don't know. It's like super must be like Scorpio Pisces cancer energy in me. Cause I'm like so emotional <laughs> and it's going so deep. And like, I just feel tears always behind my eyes. When somebody's telling me what's going on, I'm like, I could just cry buckets and that's not my normal setting. And also I feel like I just want to love my kids all the time. And I want, I like, I want to hold really deep space for people's like vulnerable stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? there must be some kind of astrology thing that isn't like the surface level, you know, goes beyond the, you know, Aries season there's something <laughs> happening. I, I feel it. Holy moly. Yeah. It's well right now. Um, so another fun part that, that I'm, I'll touch on, um, about this was like last August. So I I've actually been kind of avoiding, I don't actively need to go into meditation anymore. Meditation just kind of finds me. Like I've always had a super open crown chakra always again, human design. I have an open head center. I mean, a defined head center. So like I have a direct connection to source. Like I don't need to try. And I was back when I was like really getting into meditation. And like when I first experienced my dragon and one of my dragons and, um, I had a spirit guide and I know I told you this story cause you were like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but I was, I was getting cut off from meditation. I wasn't, he was very active, but, um, I've always worked with Archangel Michael heavily. And, um, oh, that leads into another reason why I think I'm an angelic. Um, but so I was working really heavily with them and he kind of like went away for a while and I'm like, what is the deal? And I just felt like I needed something. And my spiritual lessons have always come in the present. Like I'll get synchronicity after synchronicity. And I'm like, all right, I I hear you relax. So, um, 
I was getting the call to have a soul retrieval, a, so a shamanic soul retrieval done. And um, a soul retrieval in shamanism is kind of when they go in and find like little pieces of your soul that's kind of split off. Um, but again, if a walk-in thing could kind of change this, but um, I was called, it's somewhat, now the shaman that I went to, he recommends that the, be the first step, but honestly, it's a lot. Like if you're just getting into this world, it is something that I would not recommend doing unless you're really called to it. Um, I had three calls and I was like, okay, I need to go do this. Cause it's like blatantly in my face. So I went and had a soul retrieval done. And one thing he did mention to me in the soul retrieval was that I, and I, I say this, and I want everyone to use their discernment as I say this and do not be afraid to meditate. Um, but the soul guide that one of my spirit guides that I thought was a spirit guide was actually a shape-shifting demon. And now I don't feel uh, entity attachment or entity energies like other people. Like I have space to hold very negative energies and I don't realize it. So when I heard this and he's like, Oh, don't worry. He's not in here. He's out in your car. And I'm like, what the hell? I was like, okay, well that's good, I guess. Um, so he removed it and sent it, you know, uh, transmuted and everything. And I was list actively listening because that's how I, um, actually learned to start transmuting entities on my own. Um, because I get bombarded with them all the time. Like I can barely go into meditation now and not see them. But I, again, I think this leads back to the fallen. Like, I think that's my job. Like, I think they're just drawn to me and I have to deal with it. Um, and another fun fact is when I see Archangel Michael has never come to me as like a presence or the archangels, because I've worked with Metatron, Raphael, Gabriel briefly, but Archangel Michael, for sure. They always come as, as like light and they always come as colors of light, like bright colors of light. And that takes me back to my vision where like, okay, like angels are, they're light beings. They look like light. And that's just another confirmation for me that like, yeah, you're like here to do that. <laughs> um, but anyways, I digress. So yeah, I had this experience. He removed it. Um, but I was afraid to go into meditation for a while. Like that kind of shakes you, something like that shakes you. And it's like, ah, but then I would have, I would have experiences with these entities almost nightly after that, where like I could feel them. I would get, and you can sense energies a little bit differently, but I could sense them. I got pins and needles all over my body and I would actively go in. And it was always in the middle of the night. Like I'd always randomly wake up and it was almost like I would automatically go into like this trance kind of space in my mind. But um, it, it was like a transmutation space. And I was always calling Archangel Michael. I always called in my black dragon, um, of protection. And then I would just kind of transmute it. Um, and now I'm going to say something that a lot of people are going to be like, what the hell? Um, I think that not all entities are actual entities. Sometimes I think they're manifested shadow that we are not dealing with a hundred percent totally totally yeah but I know I just went on a little bit of a rant there I feel like you'll no. rant for days <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> no, that was great. And I really wanted to talk about the discernment stuff too. And um, there's so many directions that we can take this. Like you just totally mic dropped right there. And we have to talk about that at length because it is legit. And I don't think it's helpful to label everything an entity like it's a threat to us and we have to like cleanse it out purge it out push it away because then we we don't ever really transmute it and we stay fragmented and sometimes it is almost like a, a poltergeist manifestation of an aspect of ourselves that we're not dealing with and you know to then call it like a dark entity is it sends us in the wrong direction is so that we're, we're going to continue to be plagued by it until it gets dealt with. I want to talk about that in depth, but I also want to talk about the discernment stuff. And I want to ask you, you know, to, to some people listening, they might hear what you were explaining and being like, holy shit, I'm out of here. Like there's a shape-shifting demon in, in your car and that can happen when you think you're connecting with your spirit guides. Bye, like I'm done with this whole spiritual thing. And how did you deal with the fear or how do you not be in a place of fear? I mean, I know it is part of your gifts because we saw that together in your Akashic records, but to kind of try and like explain like where your head is at and how you move through that because it's something that I think a lot of people would freak out about but you're like oh you know and I'm moving through it and like I get pins and needles and there's these like you know entities around me and ultimately I'm fine yeah (laughs) um I think that what you have to remember it, and this is really crazy because when I first started taking, I've taken a lot of classes. When I first started taking classes, the, one of the first classes I took was about healing modalities because, you know, when we all start, we're like, Ooh, we're all healers, which I think at the end of the day, everyone is a freaking healer, whether you heal yourself or heal others, others. Um, but one of the first classes I took was learning how to go. Um, you talk about it in magic in the dark as like your little egg. I've heard other people talk about it as different things. Well, when I learned about it, it was um, being in the place of the, the observer. And it's when you go and you have the space that's all your own, where you can connect with source. And it's in that place. And like you were saying about transmuting the, the energies of the entity. And it's like, I've never once removed it. I've always transmuted these energies. So it's like, but what, so it's like when you experience this, it's like a weird, for me, when, when I know that there's an energy around, it always feels like very uncomfortable. It feels like I'm being watched. Um, it just feels like I can just tell it's there and I can just tell. And I'm like, it, a lot of the times if your orc field is good, it can't come near you orcly. So it's always within like six feet. Um, if, if you suspect any of this or feel any of these energies, but what you want to always make sure that you do, it has no permission. There, it has nothing over you. You have the power. Don't be afraid of something negative because at the end of the day, like we're talking about, it's probably. Now, I don't want to say this is the case in everybody, but it's very rare to have an energetic attachment. It's rare. That's like really negative. Mm -hmm. Um, 
it's most likely like we're talking about a shadow part of yourself that you are not dealing with that is becoming a bigger issue. Um, so just own it, like just feel into it. And like, I know that sounds like, no, no, no. <laughs> um, but I always call an Archangel Michael. So like if I'm in that and I haven't had one of these episodes now, and I want to say four months. But it was it was a common occurrence, but it was something that I needed to move through. It was something that like, OK, don't be afraid because if your your fear can manifest into energy, dark mm -hmm. energy, like don't allow the fear to control you. Like breathe through it, move, feel what it feels like in your body. Like, what does this energy feel like? Like, where is it affecting me and kind of focus your energy in that area? And just kind of breathe through it and be like, if you don't think you can do it, I, I used to call in Archangel Michael and call in the only people that could enter my field were um, those energies of the highest white Christ-like frequency. And um, I would ask Archangel Michael to encircle the room that I was in in his blue flame. And that always did it for me. I'm getting tingles now just thinking about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then, I mean, I, I knew I had a dragon of protection. I hold in, in shamanism, there's a horizontal world, but there's also the, the uh, vertical world of the upper, middle and lower worlds. And in the lower worlds, I was told that I do have, I've experienced dragons. I've been told twice that I have dragons. Um, one of the big, my big one is a black protective dragon and I call upon him too. And he's the badass. Like if, if there's energies around and they won't get out, he will destroy them. Um, but most of the time, if you just say, Hey, you're not allowed here, get out. I always envision myself in my little bubble or my, my, um, my observer role. And I always imagine myself sprinkling or surrounding myself in pink and black salt. And then like kind of lighting myself up, like putting that white light, that white, power inside of me and like pushing out just like radiating outward and that kind of like tells everything that's not positive to leave mm -hmm. and I just kind of fell asleep after that so <laughs> like, that's how it Which, and that's about. how you know it worked if you're like okay I'm yeah. I'm I feel rested or I feel like peaceful enough to fall asleep then yeah. it's kind of like okay we're cool yeah. but I love that because I I agree it's really it it all of that, I mean, those are your personal techniques and they mm -hmm. don't necessarily um, have to be used by everyone, but they, but the thing that kind of, I believe we all have to have as our foundation, whatever techniques we use or who, whatever, you know, frequency we call upon to fortify us is to have like cultivated a certainty in the knowing that we are the ones with the mm -hmm. power. And that they actually don't have power over us. All they can do is go into our mind, pull out the fears that we have or our own unintegrated as, uh, shadow aspects, and then reflect it back to us as like some kind of boogeyman, you know, vision, scary thing to get us into a disempowered frequency. And so that's also why shadow work is so essential because it's basically like, like you're willing to take inventory of all your shit and look mm -hmm. at it so that 
some other motherfucker can't use it against you is you're like, no, this is my shit. You can't Mm -hmm. use my shit against me. I know what my shit is. It doesn't even necessarily mean that like we have to be 100% healed before we can be unaffected by these beings. Um, But it's, it's like, if you, yeah, if you have inventory, you know what your shit is, you know, where your pain points are, the things you're still working through, then you can recognize when somebody's trying to use that against you. And it is like dealing with a narcissist, like yeah. just disembodied narcissist. <laughs> 100% self-awareness is so important. And like, if you're not willing to look at yourself in the mirror and like know what your faults are, but still have that self-love, self-love is a big key in this too. You have to love yourself. You have to, like, you have to know that you're enough. And like, this is one of the things that I went through when I was going through, um, um, pregnancy self-love is huge. I had to learn that I was enough on my own. Mm -hmm. And that was, that's tough. That's tough for people to, look at this it's a lot but everyone can do it and yeah it, your life just gets better once you realize that like you don't need to sit in like self-doubt mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's tough and, and unworthiness and self-loathing yeah. it is the part that feels tough is just that you know we feel like we have so much evidence to support that we are just like worthless pieces of shit or mm-hmm. whatever um and so it feels like a lot of work it basically feels like i don't know like trying to pull a truck out of the mud out of a muddy ditch it's a it's a big heave ho at first mm-hmm. to get that truck moving but then afterwards you're like oh that really wasn't a big deal and you get into this self love frequency and you just coast there and like, mm-hmm. even no matter what comes in your life, you like, you really seldom actually drop back into that place. Like truly that place of non-self-love, you might be going through a season in life that doesn't feel super hot, but you still have the, I don't know, it's just different. You have that self-love. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's not because there's something wrong with me. It's not because I'm a piece of crap. It's not because nobody loves me, whatever. It's just life is tricky. and. I can give myself grace. It kind of reminds me. So the, what you were saying about the entities, not having the power and Mm. also even um, some of the entities being manifestations of our own shadow stuff. I don't know if, I mean, this is for all the astronomy nerds out there. I know that probably most of you won't even understand what I'm saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. The analogy is So there's two types of supernovas. One is the death of a super giant, like blue, white or violet, white star. That's my favorite type, but that's not what we're talking about. There's another kind of supernova called a type one supernova, which is when there's um, a binary star situation and the stars are basically they're they're so close together that they are sharing resources and one of the stars starts to siphon off more of the like the hydrogen and the helium and the um elements that you know stars use as fuel so that that star gets bigger and bigger bigger and the other one shrinks and gets smaller and there comes a point where a critical mass is reached And the one that kept getting bigger 
goes supernova and explodes, but it wasn't its natural death point. It was, it's more like, whoops, like things got really out of balance. And that's what it reminds me of with an entity, especially if it's a part of us, it's like Mm -hmm. a part of us that we have not acknowledged yet. Like, for example, if you have had a past life where you did some fucked up shit and you want with all your, I'd say all your heart and soul, but it's not a heart and soul one. If you want with all of your ego to believe that you have always just been here on the side of the goodness and you've never participated in darkness and you have never caused pain to another soul. And that's like something gross that other terrible people have done or whatever, basically because you can't accept that part of yourself, it almost has to become like a weird shadow phantom. Um, and it's begging to be integrated and accepted and it will throw a million tantrums bigger and bigger and bigger all the time to try and get your attention. And eventually the more you push it away, especially as it gets bigger and louder, the more of your energy, it starts to siphon off because it's part of you. (laughs) So it just gets bigger and bigger until hopefully you deal with it. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to say like anybody's going to go supernova and literally explode. Uh, and even if we did, I think that's probably the necessary catalyst to finally get us to look at it. But, but really that's kind of the analogy that I understand, but it also seems to work that way with entities that truly aren't actually part of us. I think those entities, and you know, because you were in that understanding entities, reptilian edition masterclass, but it's funny. I called it that. Cause I don't even think it's the reptilians <laughs> ultimately, but <laughs> anyway, I, I genuinely believe that they are in excruciating pain and they cannot get out of this. Like they need our help and not in the sanctimonious way, but like they are us. So mm-hmm. even if there's an entity that is not literally part of your exact specific soul mm-hmm. that's animating your body, it's like, it's still part of the human oversoul or the oversoul of consciousness that exists here. And maybe its own part that it belongs to either can't find it, can't integrate it, whatever. And it's like, please like see me, but, but also they can't, they're unable to just ask for that. Yeah. For a million reasons that would take me too long to explain. There is a really awesome movie. I'm like really into weird B, B rated like movies. And there was this movie that came out and it was only on Netflix for a little while, but if anyone can find it, I highly recommend it. It's called Ink and like, just like INK. And it was this great movie and it, it talks, it flicks between like the real life and like the dream, like spirit world. And it's just this amazing, it's like really low budget, but the plot is amazing. And, um, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to talk about too much, but it goes into like almost like manifestation of shadow shit. And it's pretty wild. Like it's, it's, it's a really good movie. Um, but yeah, I do. I 100% think that, and especially with the, the entities, like, I think you're right. I think they're in pain. And I think that, um, I've been like obsessed. I don't want to say entities or demons or 
all that stuff. But I've always been obsessed with like anything demon related. Like, I think it's fascinating. And I'm like, I'm obsessed with it. And I'm like, I think that there's just a reason because I'm like, I just want to help everybody. Like, I just want to save you. Do you know what I'm saying? I've Mm -hmm. always like, I work, I work in retail and like, I've worked in retail my whole life and everyone's like, Oh my God, I'd kill myself. And I'm like, I just love helping people so much. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm here to help you in whatever way that I can. And more and more now, I just talk about, I bring up spirituality every day of my life. And I don't even care if people think I'm nuts anymore. Like, I don't care. You're going to hear it. (laughs) So you can walk over there if you don't like it. But, um, but again, that's where I need to use my discernment sometime. And I need to be like, okay, shut your face. You're not ready. (laughs) Oh my God. I feel like projectors are like incarnated embodied spirit guides. And they, it's like the same thing as being a spirit guide though, where you're like, I want to help you, but you have to ask. There's a free will thing here. Oh, that's 100%. Like, and what's really funny is my, um, so in astrology, Chiron is, it's called the wounded healer, but it's like your biggest challenge in life that in your present life that you have to get past. And my Chiron is in Gemini and it's all about communication and not being heard. So I'm like, how, okay. The irony is just wild. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah. It's just, I, I, I 100% agree with like the souls that the entity souls, it's just, they, they are lost. They need to, they all, they, we all are a part of the same, we're just a different facet of the same, the same source. And it's like, yeah, that's the other thing I'm really working through. The, the biggest thing I'm working on right now is detachment. It's um learning how to detach my my emotions from my triggers and figuring out what my triggers are and detaching the emotion from it and looking at it from just the observer. And that is hard Mm -hmm. because my daughter is my biggest spiritual catalyst and she constantly pushes. I haven't really got into her, but I think she was sent here as a mentor for me. I think that she, I don't know if she's ever been earth born before, but she is definitely not here just as a kid. Like she knows her role. She knows to push my limits and she knows to push me. And yeah, she does a really good job at it. (laughs) I remember, I remember seeing in um, our month long reading together that she is Andromedan. Mm -hmm. That's the, the strongest energy that came forward. I'm sure she's multiple, you know, multiple realms, cosmic galactic family groups, whatever things we call it. But Andromeda was the one that came through the most strongly for me. And I was like, oh yeah, she's like, she knows some shit. Yeah. Yeah. She likes to not like, let us forget. And what's really funny (laughs) is I don't know if it was in soul space or if it was in my other group, but people had been talking about recently about I think it was in my other, one of my other groups about having their children in like, uh, it wasn't soul space. Oh, it wasn't soul space. Um, about in like the public education system and stuff like that. And I can literally see her. She, 
I can see her struggling in the system. And it's like, I can, I can actually physically see her fighting it with uh, fighting the conditioning with every, she's seven, by the way, for reference, I can see her fighting it in every fiber of her being. I can see it. And she, I can see her looking at me like, you know, that this shit's wrong. And I'm like, you're still living a human life, man. Like at the same time, like, yeah, you're this galactic badass. And it's so tough because like, we're all here to learn lessons. I'm like, you came down here for a reason. What was it other than to harass me? Like, what was it? And it's like, so tough because like, I sound like so not maternal and, but like my, I don't think she needs that. My daughter is not here to be babied. She's just not that soul. Um, but like, it's so hard to parent a soul that is older than you. <laughs> I don't know how to explain that. Uh-huh. But it, it's, it's tough, man. I see, I know, I know I can see it. And it's like, the struggle is real. Like they, they are pushing so hard right now in the system, in the school systems with the conditioning and it is rough. But you never know. Like I was thinking about that too, because, you know, like I, I shared in response to that question that somebody posted that, you know, sadly, my oldest son is finishing his last year of high school in the public schooling system. And I homeschooled him for six months after Killian died, because he was just mm-hmm. like, I need to be home with you. Um, and I needed him home too. But apart from that, he was in there the whole time. I never wanted to put him in there, but I just didn't have the resources to, to be able to a homeschool him or B put him in private school. And luckily now I can put Kieran and William in a Montessori school, but I was thinking about it. And I was like, you know, the reality is that we don't all have the money to put our kids in private school. And also private school isn't necessarily always like the solution. It depends on the school. Like there might be a lot of heavy programming in the private schools Mm -hmm. too, depending on the school. Right. And like, so there's no easy solution right now. And that's just facts. Like it's, everybody isn't built for homeschooling. And honestly, I don't think I'm built for it. I would, if, if I had to, but I, I do better when they go to school and learn and I can work. It's just, it's just the truth. And I am so maternal and I fucking love my kids so much. And they're like the best thing I ever created. So there's a lot of that to navigate. Right. But I was thinking like diamonds are created under pressure. Pearls are grains of sand that irritate the shit out of an oyster until it starts depositing its stuff on it and it builds up in layers and layers and layers and creates a pearl. And I just know and trust that these children that are coming in, like definitely we want to do what we can to protect them and not rest on our laurels and be like, you got this. I'm just going to be over here drinking. But um, also hardship is not this, like it's not the aim to come in to earth at this time to avoid hardship. It's the aim, like you're saying, to come in and figure out like, why did you choose this? What are you here for? And to acknowledge all the ways that it's fucked up for sure. And mm-hmm. acknowledge like, like not in a spiritual bypassy way. I am, I am really realizing how important it is to go 
all the way into the full like pity party woe is me you know like this motherfucker did that to me kind of place where you fully acknowledge it for yourself just don't stop there that's what that's the problem is a lot of people go there and they're like I'm gonna pitch my tent I am going to lay a foundation and start building a brick fucking house in this place and like this is where I live for the rest of my life no don't stop there but you do have to go all the way into that acknowledgement and then ask yourself and what am I doing about it? Like, why is this happening? And it's not always because it's my karmic thing, or I have to heal this blah, blah, blah. Sometimes it's just like in your daughter's case, it might simply be because it is required to activate me to be in this state of discomfort. And like, this is utter and total bullshit for a certain period of time to activate the internal rebel in me that like absolutely refuses to just like sit back and participate in this anymore right and like it'd be great if we all just came in with that level of clarity and didn't have to live through the human journey but that's not the reality of life on earth we have to live through the human journey yeah it's like it's almost like remember your own power and I think that's a main theme it's like there's so many like the reason for a lot of us now why it's so tough is because we have to remember who we were we have to remember that we're special and I think that we have an opportunity with our kids to like remind them like hey don't forget how special you are but you still got to go through the shit like yeah (laughs) right exactly like being exactly being like special magical amazing powerful does not somehow preclude you from like the human experience but it how awesome to have parents like at least we're at this point on the journey where a lot of parents are able to hold that rather than you know the way it was for us and then also certainly for our parents when they were children where you just get like basically gaslit like you're the problem all the time at least now we can be like no babe the system is the problem you're powerful. We're going to figure it out. But also sometimes we just have to be in it. It's not perfect. And that's, that's why so many of us came to clean up this mess. Exactly. And like, again, that's something that I just have to deal with because it's why I came here. So I'll just deal with the entities and all that energies. But, um, but yeah, and I think, yeah, kids are, they're something else, man. They are, they're wild, but um, yeah, she's, she's stubborn. (laughs) She's very stubborn, (laughs) but it's fun. It's fun. No one ever said that parenting in Starseed is easy. Oh God. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) We would be remiss though, Trisha. Hold on a second. I have to cough. I was able to mute that one. Okay. We would be remiss if we did not talk about discernment though, because we've had some private conversations about it. And it, I feel honestly like moving forward, it's more important than ever to the point where I feel slightly fanatical about it. And I'm like, how do I not come across as like a crazy person that is, you know, evangelizing about the need for discernment. But I really, really feel like, well, the way the energy shifted in my perception was like, Hmm. The last two years were at, mm-hmm. well, 2020, 2021, 2022 were actually 
the dress rehearsal, even though we thought it was like the real deal, it was like, no, 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 we're just, we're awakening a bunch of you and we're Mm -hmm. getting you to this level of awareness. And then around December is when it felt like it actually shifted and there was a new level of polarization that was created where to me, it feels like we're moving into like overtime. Like if it was a world cup soccer game and the full 90 minutes have been played, we're now in the overtime. And so both sides are like, like it's on, you know, this is not the part where you kind of get tired and you like, you're like, Oh, I just got to sit on the bench. Like, no, you're calling on all your adrenaline and you are, you are going for the goal. And so the, the side of the darkness, even though I believe that they are in excruciating pain and ultimately they want this whole thing to end. Also one of the characterizing features, this is why they're trapped is they are in reversal. So everything that they do is self selfish, self-motivated, and it's to perpetuate their own longevity. Like they can't not be narcissistic sociopaths Mm -hmm. basically. And so that means that they, I feel like they're infiltrating a lot of online, like spiritual communities and um, presenters and just like the thought field in the spiritual world to try and like mm-hmm. wrap a bunch of us and keep us in these little places where we're like, oh, I'm ascending, I'm, I'm awakened, but actually we're moving nowhere. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and coming in as spirit guides and shit, right? That That's yeah. not really what they are. I've I've, I've heard some people on podcasts sometimes and I'm very picky. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, and I listened to one, one time and, and this guest was going on and on about like how, how she just had an awakening. And I'm like, I don't believe a damn word that you're saying right now. Like none of it resonated with me. And I think the main thing with discernment is I had I want to say this was a huge, huge thing for me when we did our month. And this was like, I started taking these classes and the first lesson of the first month was about discernment. And I was like, that is not a coincidence. (laughs) Like this was meant to be. And it's, it's almost like you have to just try now one of my gifts is I'm clear cognizant. I just have this knowing, I just know things. I can't explain them. I just know. Um, so I know for me, what is a yes and what's a no, but I think for people that don't really understand fully what discernment is or how to like, I don't know, um, check in with like, you're like gut. So, so everybody, okay. So in human design, everyone has your, um, oh, what is it? Your, I think it's your authority of how yeah. you judge things. And some people are like emotional. So how you emotionally feel about it. Some things are like gut feeling, um, mine, I have to talk about it. And that's like where I get my authority from. Um, but you want to really lean into that because that is going to tell you what's right for you and what's not. And that's almost like, like some people are more intuitive. Um, You really need to lean into what feels good for you, no matter how you do that. 
because I honestly, I haven't listened to a lot, like a lot of certain, like sometimes I'll not listen to any spiritual podcasts because I'm like, nope, I am not there right now. Like I'm com- kind of coming out of a void space at the moment um, and integration because I just finished up a, a big karmic cycle, a big soul contract, and it's a little rough. Um, and I know I'm coming out of that because I've had multiple like lessons about it and I know it is. Um, but so for me right now, my discernment is like, uh, I got to stay away from it. I got to listen to something else. I got to do whatever else. I can't go there because I'm mentally not and emotionally not ready to do any of that. Um, but it's like, you have, again, feel into yourself, like start trusting yourself, stop going to external sources for validation. You know, what feels good for you. And if you don't know, start listening to yourself, take some time to go internally. This is a huge collective thing right now. Boundaries and like, what's the other one? Boundaries and something else. Boundaries and like going within is huge collectively. I've talked to so many people in the like last week and all of their lessons is all about making boundaries. And there definitely is a big separation happening right now. Like there is like zero tolerance. Some people are having zero tolerance for BS and it is like very present. Like I have, I have zero tolerance right now for for bullshit. A a bunch of my other spiritual people I talk to like in real life are like, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, you got to create boundaries. There's something happening right now where you're not setting your own boundaries and it's blowing. Everything's wreaking havoc right now. So like what I would say to everybody is like, start setting boundaries. If you're noticing that people are like, you're feeling uncomfortable, people aren't listening. Like they're not respecting you set those boundaries and set them strong because this i think this is happening the separation is happening now and it is very clear like when i had my soul retrieval he my spirit guide said i was ready to be attached to the crystalline grid so he you know kind of did whatever he did and ever since that i have felt collective energy so much stronger and this is the strongest I've ever felt them. So there's a lot happening collectively right now with that, with, with, with needing to have discernment about yourself, like just stop, stop seeking external answers. Look within, be the hermit, man, go Mm -hmm. in and find it because that's where your awakening is. It's within, it's it's inside Mm -hmm. of you. Mm Mm-hmm. Totally. And also like with the boundaries piece, it's like no longer, um, compromising Mm -hmm. ourselves out of like, I'll say like people pleasing patterns, but sometimes it's not even necessarily that because some people might be like, I don't give a fuck what people think. And yet, like I just did a, I just did the masterclass for um, heart star creator about the sacral chakra. And what came through was basically recognizing the places where we participate in prostituting out our own sacral energy, mm-hmm. our relationship energy, our creationship energy, and our life force energy. And one of the main ways is obviously a lot of us work jobs that we fucking hate because we have a deep sacral chakra wound and a deep root chakra wound, which makes us believe that we're not safe 
our needs won't be met unless we do this thing that compromises us. And so we willingly participate. And I know that people are going to be like, but I have to, because I have to pay my bills. Like I get it. I have to pay my bills too. And I'm right up against my own line right now. And I'm like, Amy, you just have to call the bluff of it. You have to, you have to, but it's also the ways that we get into relationships that aren't really aligned for us, whether it's friendships or um, romantic partnerships or whatever. And we settle because we're afraid that we won't get our relationship needs, like, like our connection needs met if we hold the line of our own worthiness and the way that we either betray our own creativity by like selling our creations or our, our creative energy for like cheap, or we basically fucking like, I just realized that we're impregnated by the false matrix overlords and we gestate their manifestations and birth it for Mm -hmm. them. It's gross. It's so disgusting. And and there, there's so many ways that we prostitute ourselves and we don't, you know, like the thing is that the dark operators are not going to be like, you know what, we've been dicks and we see, we see that now and we set you all free. You're free now. That's not happening. Nobody's coming for you. Even if like, there is no, there is no savior. There's only the cleanup crew. But even when you said before, like, you just want to, like, you just want to save people. I know that you know this, but just for clarity for everyone, it's like, when you say that, you're not actually saving any, you're Mm -hmm. just showing them the door and the door is within. (laughs) There is no, you're like, here, like, I don't have the key. You have the key. I'm showing you that you have the key in your hands Mm -hmm. and look, it goes in this lock here. And you can open your prison door and you can leave. Like you always had the key. You are the key. Yeah. I had, what's really funny is I was in a relationship about last year around this time. And I actually had someone literally saying this shit to me. And I was like, I'm not ready to hear this yet. And he just was not hearing me. And I'm like, but now a year later, I'm like, oh, you're fucking right. <laughs> um, but it's like, it's, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't ready to hear, hear it yet. It was like, Mm -hmm. everything happens to me, like six to like three to six months early. And I'm like, ah, I can't deal with this right now. Let me just integrate it for a hot second. (laughs) But like, it, it takes forever. Like you can't push someone on their journey. They have to get there when they're ready. And if they Mm got to go through the ringer to get there, they're going to go through the ringer. And that's like really hard as people that can see ahead you have to let people do it on their own. I can show you the door, but I can't make you walk through. And as Sam mm-hmm. Tripoli so wisely always says, no one is coming to save you. You have to save yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you have to, but like you can only do it when you're ready. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You can only do it when you're ready. And, and though, I think that we are being really called in the collective to go within, like you were saying, and to stop out, basically it's to not outsource your power. So I also want to make a distinction because obviously I'm an Akashic Records reader and I love what I do. And I'm not trying to talk myself out of a job here, 
So <laughs> I just did a reading before this call and it was such a powerful reading. It was so, so good. And so much was, was released. And like, we saw her highest timeline anchored her into it. It was really powerful and beautiful. And she was, she was already on that track, but there was still confusion because we all, I have blind spots. We all have blind spots. And so working with a healer, a reader, like getting a shamanic soul retrieval, whatever, when it feels like it's truly in alignment, like it's your next power move list. Oh yeah. Because that person can show you the key that you are for yourself. That's why you're being called to it. But if you're you know, signing up for things because you think this other person is, I don't know, it's such a subtle distinction, but if you're in like a fear and a lack place where you're like, I'm not going to be able to figure it out without this person, or this person has all the answers and I don't have anything or you, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just this little place of like discounting your own power. When you discount your own power, that is where that's where the, the, basically the dark charlatans can get you. And I'm just going to straight up say that I see a lot of charlatans in this. I'll even call it an industry. It feels very weird to call spirituality an industry, but this online world of people talking about spiritual things. And also I'll give the caveat. I want you all to hold me to the same level of discernment that I'm asking you to hold everybody to. And if you think that I'm full of shit, then listen to yourself and walk away and stop listening to me. But I see a lot of charlatans that are, um, preying on people's vulnerability and their lack Mm -hmm. of willingness to see and accept their own power. And they are using them there's a whole number of motivations behind it, but what it all comes down to is siphoning. They are siphoning off of them. So some of them might not even be asking for money, right? Like I'm just straight up going to say, I'm going to name a name here. I'm going to say, I think feel good is siphoning off of people. I truly do. If you love feel good, go for it. Listen to him, but just hear me out for a second. He's getting a lot of energy from hundreds of thousands of people. And my observation that makes me think this is that, and I'm not saying it's feel good. There could be an entity behind him. There could be mm-hmm. something. So I'm not saying him as a person is a piece of shit or anything like that, but I just feel like something is weird and wonky there because I can't, first of all, I can hardly get two minutes into his videos because they sound like drivel and nonsense to me and repetitive all the time. He's using the same analogies all the time. And the thing that I question is, are you not growing? Is your worldview not expanding? What's happening here? And then I notice the comment section and I notice all these people that tune in every, whenever this feel good video comes out and there's a lot of almost like worshipy kind of energy that goes mm-hmm. into it. And you might not be losing your money, but that energy. is not your most powerful form of currency. <laughs> Your attention is the most powerful currency you have and what you allow yourself to take in. And that's the kind of level of discernment that I'm talking about. Maybe I just shot myself in the foot by saying that, but it's just an example to help illustrate the point that I'm trying to make and just call it as I see it. I could be wrong. I totally accept that I could be wrong, but that's one that I feel like is a good example that most people might at least be able to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense that there's something that is off off of me in that exchange. 
Yeah, one, 100%. And that's like what I was saying before, where like, I'll just sometimes just turn everything off because you have to, but in the same vein where you were talking about how certain people, you'll be drawn to certain people. One, I have a frequency reading next week. Like I've mm-hmm. never done frequency healing before. I'm really excited. Um, but I was drawn to him from, from another podcast and I'm really excited to do it. Um, so I 100% still, I do Reiki four to six times a year. Like I, I was intuitively drawn to start making the, start my business again. Like I was doing readings before and it, something fell off and then I'm intuitively now doing candles. So I'm going to start my, my candles. I think I'm going to start selling them within a week. They're almost done. Um, but, um, I also do like tarot reads and I do crystal healing. So it's like, I don't want to turn, like, I'm not like you always say, I'm not seeking you out. If you are drawn to me, there's a reason. Um, so I always think of it like that. Like if I'm watching somebody and like, I'm like, eh, nope, we're done. So I just turn it off. Like, I just don't even give it any of my attention. Cause like you said, your attention is your biggest gift. And like what you give your attention to is going to seep in and expand and whatever. So like that's, that is a huge discernment piece. And they, I don't, I don't know if people just, you just have to feel, you have to lean in for you. And, um, there, it is very trendy to be spiritual right now. It is trendy as fuck. And like, I kind of got into spirituality, like right before the trend, I want to say like, and, but like, it's really weird because I'll talk to like, like my 15 year old nieces and stuff. And it's like, they're like, Oh yeah, crystals. And I'm like, yeah, but do you know what that's for? Like, why do you have that? It's like, there's a, like, these are actual spiritual tools. They're not just like to be cool and trendy. And that's the same thing with any, with any energetic resource. It's a tool to help you. It's not here to prey on you. And it's, and it's like, it's not a trend. So if you, if you're listening to something and it feels like cheeky or meh, or if it's just not for you, just leave it alone. Cause it maybe mm-hmm. might not be for you. It might be for somebody else. So it's like, but yeah, you really gotta feel into what feels right for you. And if it feels odd and you feel drained afterwards, that's a big sign. Not good. And it's a really good point you make that also sometimes your discernment can be saying no. And that doesn't mean that the person is like a dark entity hijack. Mm-hmm dark player, full of shit, charlatan. Sometimes it's just literally like those codes are not for you and either not for you right now, or they're not for you period. That person's energy isn't for you. Don't like, kind of like, no, don't go this way, go a different way instead. But I'd say my sort of bottom line that I've started using now, which has really helped because I got burned, um, is to ask myself like to look at the level of what the energy exchange is and ask like, what are they giving me? And what am I giving them in return? Mm -hmm. Even if it's an engagement on like, you know, a YouTube video or something like that, like what am I getting from this? What am I giving them in return? Does that feel like a clean exchange? Is it above the table or does it feel like there's anything kind of like weird and unarticulated? happening in like behind the scenes, you know? And a lot of the times that's just a hunch. It's just a feeling of like, it looks like I'm just watching a video and I'm getting something in return, but something in me, like you said, if you try like your human design authorities, or for me, I love 
<clears throat> going into my heart. Cause I feel like my heart just mm-hmm. like, it always resonates with truth. If there's something in there, that's like, uh, nope, just don't know. There's something off about that. I don't even need to know exactly what it is. I just, mm-hmm. now I just listen. I'm like, my heart knows what's up. <laughs> that's right. You feel into yourself and you, once you do that, it's like, you automatically know the answer. You intuitively know the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trisha, this conversation was so good. I'm so <laughs> glad that we finally did this. It was perfect. Yay. Can you tell everybody where they can find you? And if there's anything that you want to like talk about that you're sharing, um, your candles, anything else? Um, so yeah, it's really easy. Uh, so you can find me at Trish B healing on everything. So it's just T R I S H B and then healing. Um, it's Trish B healing on Instagram, Trish B healing on Facebook. Um, and I do, I also have an Etsy shop. It's just Trish B healing. I think black slash Etsy or something, but it's all the same. I'm lucky enough to get everything the same. Um, but yeah, and I just started, I do offer tarot reads. I offer crystal healing. Um, I am going to start offering a center. I think it's, I'm going to call it a synergy session where it does talk about like basic astrology and human design to like comparisons, um, or correlations. And then I do have three lines of candles that I am releasing, which are amazing. I have two people that are going to start selling them for me, but, um, one is a chakra collection. What's in one's an astrology collection. And then one is going to be a tarot collection, um, which is pretty cool. Cause I am going to offer a personalized tarot read with that. So it's pretty, they're pretty awesome. Um, but, um, and they're all like into it. They're like intentional candles. So like they're, they're all intentionally driven. They all like, when I do the shot, when I make the create the shocker candles, they're all, I'm listening to like the solfeggios for each one. I use crystals infusion, like they're pretty magical. And I do create everything myself. So I hand mix the candles. I hand mix the fragrances. I do all the labels. I do everything myself. So it's just, it's a lot of work. <laughs> but there, I was intuitively drawn to these. I'm supposed to be making these. So I'm really, really excited about them and they'll, they'll be available on Etsy very shortly. That's exciting. I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm like, you hand make all of them. I need a Trisha candle in my space. Beautiful. You can see it. I love it. And then like on the, you get like, they all come with little charms or like name, like the, the aquarium, um, the, the astrology candles have like the name plates, like a little name charm and like a little sun moon charm. Cause I'm doing them in sun and moon signs. So nice. yeah, they're cute. I'm excited to check that out. <laughs> and of course, everybody, all that, those links will be in the show notes so that you can easily just click and check out Trisha. Thank you so much sister for coming and just sharing your journey and your wisdom. It was such an awesome conversation. I love you. I love you too. Thank you again so much for having me and anyone like if you ever just want to have a conversation, just reach out. You can DM me anytime. Like I'm, I'm an open book. <laughs> Amazing.